Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Courage and Clarity podcast. Steph Crowder here. I'm so excited to bring you another episode of the show. This is the podcast that is designed to explore the head and heart of entrepreneurship. On this podcast, we talk about what it really takes to build the courage required to go out there and earn an independent living doing something you love. And we also cultivate the clarity to know what your next step looks like so you can figure out next best step after next best step, string a bunch of those together. And before you know it, you've made meaningful progress toward your big goals. Today's episode is one that I'm very excited to share with you. I recently went on to my dear, dear friend, Claire Pelletro's podcast, the Get Paid podcast. If you don't already listen to that show, I highly recommend it. It is truly one of the best podcasts out there for entrepreneurs. Claire has a knack for asking people about how they get paid. And so if you are one of those people who really loves to hear the behind the scenes, the ins and outs, the dollars and cents of what makes a successful online business, Claire is definitely your girl. So be sure to check out the Get Paid podcast. But I got permission to share this episode that we did together on my show as well. And I wanted to share it because whenever Claire and I get together, we always have amazing conversations. We're very close friends who talk every single day. Um, We're very honest with each other. We have a direct relationship. And I think that really comes through whenever we get on the microphone together. And so in this episode, we decided to talk about group programs and our experience with group programs. We both also have experience experience building online digital courses. And so in this podcast, you'll hear us talk about why, I mean, a little bit of a spoiler here, but why, at least for me, and I believe, I think I could speak for Claire and say that she was in agreement, the merits of group programs over digital courses, at least while you are figuring out your big ideas. So if you dream of having a digital course or you've tried to have a digital course and you're not super happy with how it's gone, you may especially really enjoy this episode because we talk about this idea that I have of the group program bridge and how I've used group programs to work to get paid while I am working out my ideas in real time and how using group programs, leveraging group programs has helped me create offers that always sell out, that always perform because they are grounded in the reality of what people really want and need. And Claire shares her experience, which is different than mine, but kind of parallel. She has a really successful digital course and she's run multiple Um, group programs, high ticket group programs as well. This episode is kind of part of the lead up to a free live training that I have coming up on March 13th. It's called Superfan Group Programs. And we're going to talk about how you can sell out your offers every time by building a community that repeatedly clicks buy. We are going to get into so much good stuff how you can create a super fan community that will fill up your offers and help you get where you dream of going in your business. I am so excited for this training. I always try to pack my trainings with as much actionable information that I possibly can. I'm going to be giving you a 12-month view, a 12-month visual map of exactly how you can lay out your next year to build to six figures and beyond. We're going to talk about my six-week roadmap that I call Buzz Blitz, which is what I use, my clients use in order to fill up our group programs and all of our offers and so much more. So 
please join me March 13th, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Even if you can't come live, if you go and get signed up, you will receive the recording. You can go to stephcrowder.com slash workshop and get all signed up. On March 13th, during the training, I'm going to be opening the doors to my beloved mastermind, The Messy Middle. This is my favorite way to work with clients. I work with mid-stage entrepreneurs who are ready to go from the up and downs of the entrepreneurial roller coaster to the smooth and steady vibes of a sustainable, repeatable sales process-fueled business, okay? The Messy Middle only opens two times a year, and it's opening on March 13th during the training. So if you are thinking about it or you know for sure that you want to join, you definitely want to be ready on March 13th because we're going to have a very special bonus that you can take advantage of uh, if you join by Friday, March 15th. It is a limited group mastermind. I have a, a cap, but it's a capped program because there is so much intimacy and um, hands-on direct work with me. And so you definitely want to get your get your application in. If you are considering it, we can jump on a call together and we can figure out if it's for you. Okay. So stephcrowder.com slash workshop is where you want to go to make sure you join my Superfan Group Programs training. On to my episode with Claire. We are talking about group programs. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Get Paid Podcast. I'm Claire Pelletro, and this is the show that's dedicated to giving you an honest look at the reality of running an online business. Basically, I ask people how much money they make, how much they pay themselves, and how much they have to spend to make that kind of money. We're talking real numbers here. Plus, what is the emotional cost, the mental cost, to run these kinds of businesses? I've been working on online marketing behind the scenes of seven and eight figure businesses since 2013. And I kid you not when I say I have seen it all. Right now, I have a lot of questions for the people who are making it work. Stephanie Wardman Crowder. Welcome to the Get Paid Podcast again. My home away from home. I'm so happy to be here. Did I get your middle name right? Werdemann. Werdemann, the German origin. Oh, Werdemann. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, welcome back. It is always a delight to chat with you here. So thank you so much for taking the time. Just to give our listeners a bit of context, basically Steph and I talk 94 times a day. And we've been kind of in preparation for one of Steph's launches. We've just been talking a lot about like back in the day of our first or not even our first group programs. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to just bring that conversation here because like, let's get some content out of these 94 conversations a day. Yeah, full of content. I mean, how often are we like, God, that could be a podcast. Literally 75% of those 94 times every day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, you know, that was a spoiler alert. We're definitely in the lead up towards one of your launches. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about what it is? Well, let's just, let's ask the questions, right? Yeah. One, what are your pronouns? And two, how do you get paid? Yes. My pronouns are she, her, and I get paid as a business and sales coach. I help people in two different ways at the moment. I have a program called Same Day Sales, which is really geared towards beginner entrepreneurs who want to learn the skill of getting a client or customer in 24 hours whenever they want one. 
And then what I'm preparing to open enrollment for, as you said, Claire, is my mastermind, which is a six-month experience called The Messy Middle. And as you might guess, it is for mid-stage entrepreneurs who are in the middle, the middle stages, right? They're kind of like had some success. They've certainly worked with clients. They've made some money. They're feeling really good about what they've created so far. But as it so often happens, we end up kind of feeling like things have to get a lot messier before they, <laughs> before we figure out what this whole business is even trying to be and how it scales and how we can go from inconsistent kind of spaghetti throwing, the up and down sort of roller coaster of entrepreneurship to something reliable, something repeatable, and something that is going to sustain us for the long haul. So that's what we work on in the messy middle. I teach people how to create sold out group programs. You know, I remember talking, voxing with you about the name for the messy middle. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. I was probably five or six months postpartum. And like, I just still remember being in my bed. I don't know if the baby was there or not. (laughs) And just being like talking about this and thinking that is such a good name. And back then... Was that the focus? I feel like group programs has always been kind of your thing. Yeah. It's like the funny, it's the funniest thing because I think a lot of us have this in, in our businesses where group programs are like the topic that I just it's like the the one that got away or something. Like I no matter how I wander, I always come back when I <laughs> The one that got away, away, baby. Sometimes I go out and try to get fancy and I'm like, oh no, now I'm going to be this person, right? But I always end up coming back to my love for group programs. Yes. Yes. The way your messages always end up. But yeah. And here I am back again. Full circle. Yeah. But I mean, my found uh, my flagship course that I first created called Crickets to Customers was all about filling up your first small group program. And the truth is, that's how I built my business. Uh, That is how I coach my clients to build theirs. And it works. So I love talking about group programs because they... Well, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about all the reasons I love group programs. And you do too, Claire. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it makes me a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. How do you know that you're like ready for a group? Well, first of all, yeah. no, let's do this because I was unclear on the difference for a long time. A group program mm-hmm. and a course. Yes. Huge difference. And I think that is really important. So... It's funny because I feel like I've... uh, What did you tell me? I'm in my... What era? What is the Taylor Swift thing? Is it reputation or something? I'm not a a Swiftie. Seriously, I have had this like little like chip on my shoulder. I get a little fired up about the online business industry, the online coaching marketing industry. And the like... I would call it an obsession. Can I call it a, a borderline obsession with the idea of passive income, right? And passive income has existed long before online business. People talk about different kinds of passive income with real estate and all kinds of... I mean, this is a legitimate conversation. But somehow this idea of making money while you sleep has been really peddled around. And for good reason, that sounds amazing. That sells. Okay. So if we think about things from a sales perspective, which I always do, my background's in sales training and sales psychology. I'm always trying to look at things through that lens. And it's like selling passive income via digital courses is like selling candy to a baby in a lot of ways. So when I see like programs designed for beginner entrepreneurs who don't have a big audience and that are all about, you know, making your revenue, you know, six and seven figure revenue with a digital course, 
I have a real problem with that because that is an advanced that is an advanced strategy for people with a certain level of audience. Now look, I've had a digital course, very successful. You have as well, Claire. I love digital courses. But make no mistake, I had an audience of probably 5,000 people before I ever tried to have a digital course. Okay. And so mm-hmm. I think it's important to recognize the difference. A course is something that's like you record modules, you put them out there, you may not ever even necessarily interact with the instructor, right? You, we've all bought courses where you just go through it self paced. And look, they can be great. Like I said, no hate to digital courses at all. I love them, I buy them. But when we're talking about small group programs, this is a hybrid of coaching people in a group container and educating them perhaps via some course type content, right? But there's interaction with the clients. You are serving your clients in real time in a group setting. So it's kind of this... Maybe we could think of it as a hybrid. I actually think it's the best of both worlds of a course and private coaching. Yeah. You know, I think all the time... (laughs) This is totally totally random, but I think all the time about some service providers that I see who I wish had a digital course element of their business. Mm -hmm. The specific one is the family therapists we have seen. Oh, who are charging so much an hour Mm -hmm. to explain a concept that they have explained over and over and over and over and over. Right. But I'm like, can't I just watch a 20 minute video ahead of time and then tell you about my kids or my family specific situation? Right. So, so no, I totally agree that digital learning mm-hmm. with one-on-one in groups, it there is that efficiency mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Digital courses are good because of efficiency, but the problem is the results. That's right. Because, I mean, we just had a situation where somebody somebody told me, I started to take your course. I ran into a, like, a screen that didn't match your screen. It was uh-huh. some error. And I gave the fuck up. Exactly. And I totally get it. You know, like, why not? It, mm-hmm. That stuff can be really, really frustrating. And depending on the personality, some people are just going to go and Google that and others are going to give up entirely. So if there is no way to raise your hand, mm-hmm. to come to a call or go to a group or something yep. and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this, right? then they're just going to give up. The completion rates are terrible of online courses. Yeah. And I just... I really discourage people from making them. Well, and I think a lot of that, I'm curious if you agree with this, Claire, but I think a lot of this has to do with consumer awareness around digital courses, specifically in 2020. That was like, we always talk about like, oh, good old 2020 as far as like how business was. At the time, we were all going through it and there was some panic. We were like, what is online business going to be? Actually turned out to be... It was a very scary time for all of us being alive, but it ended up being a fairly good time to be in business because people were home buying courses, right? It was this kind of like... I see it as almost like an online course bubble. And I think, again, it's not that digital courses can't be successful today. They certainly have to be exceptional though. And I think that's because most consumers have the experience of having bought a course that they didn't finish. The exact experience that you are talking about, Claire. Most people, I think, now have the experience of, Oh, I bought a course and I didn't do it. Oh, I bought a course and I never opened it. I certainly have courses literally on my desktop that I have not even opened. And so I think 
that's one of the reasons that selling a group program is such a unique differentiator because I, at least in my experience across a lot of different, I help people in a lot of different industries. A lot of client like prospect questions are, how do I know this is going to work for me? (laughs) Right? Like, how am I going to get my questions answered when I get stuck? Like, those are the more of the questions that are coming out of people's mouths. So when they're investing in a solution, whether it's a group program, digital course, or anything else, they really need to know that it's going to work in their individual situation. And I think that's a harder need to meet in the digital course setting. Again, not that it can't be successful, but I certainly think you at least have need to have the audience to go along with it. Oh, yeah. The audience question is is huge. You know, it's funny because I'm thinking about what I have invested in in the past year or so. And I did buy Ashley Holgrave's course on like, and it's an Airtable thing. I've actually bought a, a number of things from her about Airtable. And like Airtable system setups, mm-hmm. things like that, for me, for me, there isn't a lot of emotional stuff that like I would require coaching. Right. Right. You know, when I actually think, yeah, there is that whole, is it going to work for me? But then we also have to be careful about, are we like tailoring? I mean, I've done this in my business is making everything very client led because right. I want people to feel like they're having a really custom experience. And I mean that in a group setting, but yeah, there are apps, there is value in like the course stuff, but I think you really have to you really have to think about, I mean, I have so many weight loss coaches who ask me if they should make a course. And I'm like, absolutely not. Right. Right. Absolutely not. Yeah. It's a good point on the emotional, uh, emotional, mental mindset side of things. And how I think what I heard you say is like, because I'm actually thinking too, I can think of an example of a course I bought not too long ago, which was Lizzie Goddard's Voxer, maybe like Voxer VIP day or something like that. Again, it's like a skill, right? Like a skill based course, learn to use Airtable, learn to use Voxer for a VIP day. That makes a lot of sense, right? But learn to, you know, whether entrepreneurship, learn to lose weight. (laughs) You're probably going to need some coaching through that. Yeah. And I think that there is... Now, like we have to be honest that the industry we have of like coaches, coaching coaches and things like that, it is kind of easier to sell coaching to people who have already experienced it. But I think probably for B2C people, I mean, you've told me about a lot of your clients yeah, a lot who of have group programs that are like so cool yeah. and so different, yep. but they might not know that they need the coaching. They might not know like that that's going to be what gets them through like that actually gets them over the hump Mm -hmm. and then to the result. But once they're in it. Yeah. So like, I think some people might be like, well, my people say they don't have time Mm -hmm. and they just want, and I'm like, yes. And it's mostly a thought about it's easier to sell something cheaper. Yes. And, and it is not. No, that's a thought error for sure. Not. Mm -hmm. It is a thought error. And I mean, I have absolutely had it, but Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So we were talking about our different group programs that we've had over the years. Mm -hmm. You've done a lot of different ones, I feel like, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What was the motivation for you when you started your first group? 
Yeah, I think so. Both times, there have been two distinct, at least two, two that I can think of off the top of my head, two distinct points where I went from one on one to a group. And I recommend that as a progression. I think it's a good idea for anybody listening. If you haven't worked with people one on one, I think it's a great idea to have some private clients first. Okay. Just to kind of, first of all, Prove to yourself that you can sell to somebody, get the reps in in terms of working with individuals. What has happened? What has happened to me in two distinct different times? One was about 2017, the other was 2022 into 2023 when I came back into my business. Working with one on one clients and having the experience of hearing, literally feeling like I'm having parallel conversations with 10 different people in 10 different closed door. <laughs> Zooms, right? Like I might have a coaching day where... Because at the beginning of 2023, I had 10 one-on-one clients. And there were days where I really felt like I was talking about and saying the same things to every single person I was talking to. And I think when you... And I had that same experience in 2017, 2018, when I launched my first group. I think you know when you reach a point... Where, and that maybe that's the reason some of your weight loss coaches are like, I just want to do a course. To me, that's where I'd make the correction and say, don't do a course, but do a group program. Because it is a legitimate concern when you feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm having the same conversation over and over. I would love to be... It probably would be more effective for everybody to have a more collaborative group conversation where people can ask questions and, get, and benefit from so-and-so's question. Because sometimes you hear somebody else's question and you're like, Oh, I had that question too. And I'm so glad they asked it because I didn't even think about it. So it's actually my belief and my experience that group coaching is more effective than private coaching. I have done both. My group coaching clients get more results. And I think that has a lot to do with... Like I said, I always tell people, it's like 10 times the coaching because you get your own questions answered. But then you on one call, you hear 7 other questions get answered. So you leave with like 7 or 8 different calls worth of material worth of answers. Not every last thing will be relevant to you. But a lot is if you ask yourself, if you go to a call and ask yourself, I'm going to... How do I make every single thing apply to... I'm going to take something from each coaching exchange, I think is a really good mentality to have. So kind of back to your original question of like, why groups in the first place? I think any business owner, certainly any coach will eventually have the experience of feeling like, Oh my gosh, I'm kind of repeating myself. And I think what's really cool about that is once you start to feel like you're repeating yourself, you have a really good hint at what your future curriculum should be. So I told this story on my podcast recently that my first course, Crickets to Customers, was a six-figure course, right? And the day... I never changed the curriculum really much at all. And the day that I wrote it, I sat down on my floor in my son's bedroom with a whiteboard and I wrote the whole curriculum in 45 minutes. And the reason I was able to do that is because I had worked with 50 clients who all had the same questions. And they all... If I was going to take you from idea to sold out group program, which is what that did, here are the 6 different questions you're going to have. And that was my curriculum. You can't do that if you don't work with the people first, right? Mm -hmm. You don't know what that should be. You might be the most amazing expert on your topic, but what you know is different than what questions people have. So you have to work with enough people to get to the point where you're like, if I hear that question one more time, I'm going to have to jump off something. That's how you know you're ready for a group program. (laughs) You know, that's interesting. I created Absolute FB Ads very early in my business. I like launched my website. I still was in my full-time job. I say January 1st, 2014. 
I was fired in May of 2014 and I launched my course in September of 2014. Hmm. I had a few clients, you know, a few done for you, but I mostly just went this, the course route because that's what I had learned in my previous job mm-hmm. was like online courses. I did it the opposite way. Fast forward to, so that was 2014. It was $97 when I launched it. And then I got pregnant in June-ish 2015. And I was like, oh shit, these little launches of a $97 thing are not bringing in the money that I need to be able to take time off. So I then launched one-on-one mm. and I was literally just explaining the same thing right. over and over. It didn't occur to me to do a group. Mm-hmm. I think I was in like a scarcity mentality a little bit about the timeline. Like I, the beginning of 2015, I really didn't make a lot of money. And I just said, what is the easiest thing I can sell? And it was like one-on-one easy. Right. And that actually filled up and I was able to raise the price and things like that. But oh yeah, I was so tired of just saying the same thing over and over again, especially since I'd already created a course that said all of those things. But, and this is like more to that point of a lot of people don't want a course is they don't want to sit and do it by themselves. Right. Right. They want to feel like they can ask questions. Yeah. Okay. So in the beginning of your business or like your first group program, I know that we have talked about that a lot on this podcast. There are so many Stuff Crowder episodes. You all can go back and listen. But the last Stuff Crowder episode, which was like fall, I think, mm-hmm. of last year, you talked about coming back to your business after leaving a job. Yeah. You left your business for a job. Yeah. Because you're afraid of breaking it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you guys got to go back and hear that episode. It's great. And then you came back and tell me about the launch of that group program. Cause I don't think we've really heard the details on it. Yeah. So kind of similar to what you were just saying about when you wanted to take your maternity leave and you asked yourself like, what's the sort of simplest, highest leverage offer I could make. And for me, again, just like you, it was one-on-one coaching, knowing that I could kind of always go back to that. So that's what I did after I left my job, I actually had some contract work. So sort of similar to what you were saying, I was doing some writing. For, remember, do you remember for a minute there? I thought maybe I was going to have like a content writing agency. <laughs> Claire is face palming oh, on me. My gosh, it's. I mean, the number of things, the number of things. It's okay. It's okay. We. <laughs> I just like, I was just slowly pulling you, yeah. slowly pulling you out of that job, yeah. which was a great job. Great job. But I wanted you, my Voxer life was really boring for about a year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, sure, you, you would share other things, but uh, weekend whaling. Weekend whaling, for sure. I think... You know, and this is like a quick side note, but there's, I just feel like there's some, at least somebody out there who can relate to this, where if you know what I'm talking about when I say that I've been in business for almost 10 years now, Claire too, which is I think over 10 years, which is crazy. And it's like went by in a flash, but I have the experience of like periodically drifting away from myself and having to kind of come back. Mm -hmm. And that can be really frustrating. It can be really tempting to indulge in feelings of like, 
beating oneself up or being like, gosh, maybe if I hadn't done things the long way around, I could be here by now or I could be there by now. And, you know, for me, I give myself like radical permission to just be where I am because I genuinely think I've had to take the long way around on multiple things to be able to like double down on what it is that I know now. I know I made the joke about group programs being like the, the one that got away, but... It, it really is like, I mean, I was out here thinking I would have a content writing agency or our coach DL. She loves to say that when she, when I was first started working with her, I was a life coach with a book. Like I was all over the place. Right. <laughs> and so, so much of the work that I've been doing since I came back is honestly just like rediscovering. This sounds corny maybe, but like rediscovering who I was all along. And mm. That is a really profound experience. So if if you're out there and you're like, man, I wish I had just like stuck, to, like I got distracted by some different strategy or thinking, mm, how about this? Thinking that what you know and what you're good at isn't good enough, right? Like mm-hmm. that happens to us where we shine is so second nature to us that we think it can't possibly be good enough because it's like, well, that's easy for me. I'm just good at XYZ. Like I think some of us have a hard time with it, just leaning into what you're good at. And so anyway, I just feel like there's got to be at least one person out there who knows what I'm talking about that needs to hear that. That's like, if you're in the... If you've been at this for a while and you feel like more than anything, what you're doing is just continuing to come back to yourself. Like, yeah, me too. (laughs) Every week, I'm like, I literally said this in 2018 it's simultaneously so validating and like weirdly healing. It's like, wow, I really knew what I was talking about all this time, all this time. But then it's also like, wow, you know, what might things have been? So I don't know. That wasn't your question, but. But you know what it was? It was your weekly pep talk to me. Mm. We got it out of the way really early this week on a Monday (laughs) because I still feel that way about ads. Mm. I have to always remind myself like, ooh, my husband said the other day that I have like a superpower Mm. because we have this, we're in a babysitting co-op, right? And right now, well, since the pandemic, we are looking for new members because we've dwindled down a little bit. And he was like, you could literally just whip, put together an ad and get a bunch of eyeballs on it for like our social, the social where people can come and meet members and Mm -hmm. find out more about it. And I was like, is that a superpower? Because exactly, just my regular Tuesday at 3 p.m., you know? Those are my favorite people to help, honestly. And I think it's why I always say, and you know this, Claire, and I've probably said this on the show before, I seem to attract attract people across the most incredible industries. And I wish I could say that I'm doing it on purpose. I wish I knew what I was doing to have that because I actually love... I'll get an application from somebody to work with me and I'm like, I can't like veterinary ophthalmology and amazing. Like what is going on? And I think that maybe that I'm just sitting here realizing maybe this is part of why I help people like that. Because I think they're, I just have, I look at my clients and I see this incredible diverse panel of experts who are so used to their own expertise that they're Mm. like, surely this can't (laughs) like, this isn't special enough. And I'm over here like giving them sales angles all day long of why what their secret sauce is, is so amazing for the world. Mm. Yeah, that's great. I mean, our friend Jess has this, what, what do you call it? A little framework or something about the three types of people, the experts, the sales people, and 
Who are the other ones? Is, some, is this one with community? Like community? Jess, I'm sorry about this. We know you're a salesperson and both Jess and I are experts. Right. And so, yeah, the experts... Storyteller. Need... Storyteller. storyteller. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're kind of you're kind of both. Yeah, I'm a storyteller salesperson, Jess would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And we are just experts. Right. Like, and let's I, over here I tend to the... work with just experts and I help mm-hmm. experts really learn to sell by telling their story. How about that? Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. So we kind of interrupted yep. your, your story. So you came back, yep. you, you got a bunch of one-on-ones. Yes. And interestingly, you might be curious to hear this. I got the majority of those. I kind of did it in two waves. And I think this is always helpful. People are like, how did you get your clients? And it's a great question. First, and people skip this all the time. I see it every day. I went to my previous clients is where I started. Like, So we're going to talk about this, but I'm teaching a workshop in about a month, at least from the time of this recording, called Superfan Group Programs. I talk about superfans a lot. And superfans are often some of your previous clients, the people who've just like your repeat business. They just kind of tend to keep buying because they love the results that they get with you. And one of the reasons I love superfans so much is because they keep buying and they really understand your work in the world. And so that was the first place I went when I came back to my business was I just went to previous clients only and said, Hey, I'm going to pop open a few one-on-one spots. I'm just opening them to my previous clients. Like, You can book a call with me. Let's talk about it. Here's a checkout link or something. Got 3 one-on-one clients from that. So did that. And those were all just previous clients, like I said. And then we're getting into the end of the year. I know I've talked about year on the wall on the show before. I did my annual year on the wall training at the end of 2022. And I sold my one the remaining 7 one-on-one spots on the back of that training. So people came to that training as a paid workshop. And I taught them for 3 hours or something. And then at the end, I invite... I said The, the pitch was basically, Hey, if you want to go deeper, I have 7 spots for 3-month one-on-one mentorship. And that's how I filled the 10 spots that I had. Okay. But then how and why did you transition to group at that point? Because I kept telling you, yes, Steph, just focus on one thing for a year. Right. Yes, you did. And you were like, you should work with 20 clients one-on-one. And and that was good advice. It was good advice. I just couldn't (laughs) couldn't take it for whatever reason. But I... Well, you know why? Let me tell you why I thought that you needed to do that. Because I was concerned that you didn't have the audience Mm -hmm. for not just filling one group, but consistent groups. Mm -hmm. But boy, was I wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Let's uh, knock wood on that one. But yeah, I... um, I think, you know, it's... Man, one thing I talk about a lot across all my coaching is how one of the reasons I love selling so much is because I really feel that selling builds confidence. And coming back from having a job for a year, I had a lot of questions. And I don't know if I would say that it shook my confidence, but I was certainly unsure. I had just like abandoned my podcast. I had abandoned my business without really telling anybody where I was going. I think I did like one post. So coming back, I was kind of like, is this going to work, right? Like, am I going to be able to to do this? And once I built my confidence in selling those 10 one-on-one spots, it did exactly that where it was like, okay, this is going to work. This is going to work. And like I said, hearing the same questions over and over from those 10 clients, it just really... Like every day, I'd be thinking to myself, I just want to have them all in the same room. Gosh, we could really have an amazing jam fest if all 10 of us could be in the same room. And so I think to answer your question directly in terms of like, why did I go from one-on-one 
back to my mastermind at that point, it felt for me like it was in the best interest of the client, to be honest. Because like I said, I believe at least for me, my group coaching clients tend to get more results. They tend to go further, faster. And so I just kept thinking if we could all be in the same room and I could coach them together and give them my curriculum, I think they're going to have a better experience. And so that's when I decided to go back to running the messy middle. All right. So then how did you fill that up? Uh, let's see. How did I fill that up? So... And how is the... Because, you know, I sort of watched you go through it, but how is it different from what you think most people should do? Yeah, well, actually, so let's do that. Let me... Because I also... We started having this little conversation prior to recording that I would love to circle back to around what happens when you open a group... What we are calling a group program. So again, we've established it's not a course, right? But when you open a group program... I think there is this misconception. I would say one of the number one misconceptions that I see is feeling like in order to have a group, I have to get all this material together, right? Like I have to record all this curriculum ahead of time. And it's going to be... Like I hear this every day from people. They're like, I don't want to do a group because I don't know what I should put in it. I don't have time to record the content. So I want to talk about when I ran... Because when I came back to my business and opened The Messy Middle, it was not the first time I had run it, right? I ran it in one time in 2021. And when I sold that one, I that came from, again, my super fans. So I went to my Crickets to Customers alumni and said, we're going to do a continuation program. It's going to be a mastermind. It's going to be called The Messy Middle. And who wants it? I got 11 people to come in for that. And I started that mastermind six-month program. And there was no content. There was no content recorded ahead of time. I, I sold it as we will have monthly live trainings. I even said we will decide the topics of those trainings based on the needs of the group. Okay, so I didn't even commit ahead of time what we were necessarily going to be talking about. And so I was just telling the story on my own podcast too that I came into the group. If I had chosen, if I had picked what I was going to talk about, I thought we were, it was January. I was like, we're going to talk about planning. We're going to talk about business planning. It's going to be so good. I got into the group and was like, Oh my gosh, people need to learn how to sell. Everybody in here needs my Buzz Blitz framework, which is now to this day, the best thing in my mastermind. And it came 100% from listening to the needs of the group, from getting into the group and just putting your listening ears on and assessing the cast of characters that you have and figuring out like, what do they need? Let me go and create what they need. And then that becomes your curriculum versus trying to take a guess at it and making a library of stuff that takes you a ton of time and energy and might not even be what they actually need. And so people are often like really surprised to hear me say this because they think group program and they think, Oh my gosh, I'm going to need so much prep. I'm going to need to do all this stuff ahead of time. I don't think I'm ready for that. And the look on people's faces when I tell them, no, you're going to sell it and you're literally going to just get on Zoom. <laughs> like that's going to be your group program when you get started. It's, it typically makes people really uncomfortable because they're like, oh my gosh. I'm uncomfortable listening to it. <laughs> right? But the question I always ask is like, can you sit with that discomfort and trust your own expertise and your own ability to be a good consultant, to be a good needs assessor and put together something that makes sense for the group that you have versus guessing at it and having people... Maybe they use it, but maybe they don't. Hmm. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking... I was going to say that, but then you said it about... That's going to make a lot of people really uncomfortable mm -hmm. because... you know. 
this is, it's not your downfall stuff that you don't have one. But uh, that's I, not true. <laughs> my guess is one objection that your people probably have is, but I'm not like you, oh, Steph, yes. because you are a little bit of a unicorn, a little bit of a can do, you know, throw herself into the chasm of a group program that has no curriculum. Like, <laughs> didn't you I, say you did that though? I, oh yeah, I did. Tell us about that. <laughs> it was not my first group program. Okay. It is, it was the very beginning of Get Paid Marketing. Yeah. But it was launched as Get Paid, the Get Paid Mastermind. So I basically, yeah, I came to you and Jess when I was like, I don't want to just talk about ads anymore. This is 2021. And, but I want to like, I, I have a brilliant marketing mind. Mm -hmm. So you guys were like, just do a, actually, I think somebody else said do a mastermind. And then we started talking about like what it could be and how I could sell it. And so I'm pretty sure I sold it. Oh yeah, this was how I did it. Now this is because I have an existing, sure. is an existing audience and like 10 years of building that audience. But basically I went to my podcast listeners, you may or may not remember this. And I said, Hey, I'm doing one-off coaching sessions for a really affordable price. I remember this. Yeah. We're not going to talk about your ads. I said, I think I charged $350, which is about a third of my hourly rate now, you know, if somebody needs to pick my brain or something like that. And I only sold it on the podcast. That was a, oh man, that felt like a... Like I was the king of the world because it sold out in a couple of days mm -hmm. and I never even emailed my list or put anything on social about it. And yeah. I definitely have more email subscribers than podcast listeners. Mm -hmm. So you podcast listeners are the best. And on in those calls, I basically just had a one-on-one -on -one code. Like, this is what I'm struggling with. This is, And from that, I basically said, okay, well, I'm going to put together a mastermind and we're going to be talking about these kinds of things, but other things are also going to be coming up. You'll have access to all of my courses. We will almost definitely talk about ads, but from a more holistic perspective. And, oh gosh, a very high percentage of people who took those one-on-one -on -one calls yeah. joined. Oh, and it was also the most expensive thing I'd ever done. Right. At that, you know, at that point, it was $9,000 for six months. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that was the beginning. Yep. And it then, it eventually took on more of a, hey, this is what we're going to achieve together. A hundred percent. Versus come and just like, you know, use my brain, get my eyes on your business. That right. was sort of like what I always said. And, and that's when it was client-led. It was right. really client-led. And we saw like, okay, these types of issues, I don't have the faintest idea about. So we shouldn't be pretending or, you know, like if this is somebody's key need, let's not accept them. Yeah. But yeah, I, seven people at 9K. What's that? 63, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think you hit the nail on the head. So the idea, so I call this co-creating 
And the way I like to think of it is it's like getting paid to iron out your winning group program idea, right? So instead of kind of trying to figure that out in like your evil laboratory at home in your office and putting it out there and hoping it sells, you got paid 63K to build, to start to build what is now get paid marketing, right? Right. Which makes a lot more than that a year. Exactly. And so the idea is not for it to be client-led forever. Just like you said, eventually you kind of cull that into a curriculum just like I have now as well. The messy middle is no longer like that either. Now we've built the core curriculum. But those initial days of having it be client-led, I believe are the reason or a big part of the reason that the curriculum is as solid as it is. I mean, people come into the messy middle and they're still like, this buzz blitz is ridiculous. Like it's so good. And I never would have done it if I hadn't just gotten in there and listened to people. Mm. Right. I remember, gosh, when were you making the buzz blitz? I mean, I feel like part of it was in crickets. And then with the first iteration of the messy middle, you're like, oh God, Claire, I am putting together a 40 page document over here. Yeah. Yeah. So in crickets, I think I talked about Buzz Blitz is my take on launching essentially. And I taught it in crickets very quickly, kind of fast and dirty in terms of like, here's what you do. You host a challenge and good, good luck. And then in the messy middle, I was like, let's slow down and break this down. What are all of the emails? Emails you could write here are templates. Here's the sales psychology of why these exist and why they work. Here's a nine week calendar of how you could plan it. And yeah, it just became this like, <laughs> it's a little bit of like a buzz bit blitz Bible that I have. Because again, because I wanted my clients to be able to take it and implement and start making more money more quickly as my clients, right? So again, I don't think I even would have had the idea to do that if I hadn't seen that they are like, oh gosh, they're all like just what they were all like one buzz blitz away from making some great money in their business. So they were able to take that and and start creating their repeatable sales process, which is what we teach. So I think one misconception that I had and probably a lot of people have is that like a group program is like 20 people, right? Mm-hmm. Is it? Well, it's it, it it depends. It can I would say it's anywhere from 4 to when people are doing their first group program, I say 4 to 8 tops 12 if it's your first time or a new offer. And do you like want them to go for 12 or they should like cap it at 12? I think cap it at 12. It really depends. Like for some people, like I have people who are using my process and they have less than 500 people in their audience. They're still getting four, to four, five, six, maybe eight. 12 is probably going to be more likely if you're up into closer to a thousand in your email or on your list in your audience. But yeah, I think in the beginning, shooting for anywhere between, I always say four is a group get four, that's a group. And when you're doing it for the first time, it's important to play the long game, right? So you might get four people the first time. And instead of being discouraged about that, remember that... like That's how it started for me. So I had my first 8 people in a group that was sold out. This is 2018. 8 people. Then I did it again, 8 people. And I did it again, 16 people, right? So you're going to build on that initial success. But to your, back to our conversation of like sitting in the discomfort of just hearing the group and just being with the group, I think it's easier to do that when you shoot for a smaller group in the beginning. Something that I learned about from our coach DL are... Well, no, I can't say that expression. The, <laughs> the, the Catholics, maybe not Catholics, the... 
the religious will come for me. We have a joke about how DL is our, our deity. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry make you comfortable, DL. I know you're listening. Love you. <laughs> Thanks, DL. Where she she has this idea about like basically coming up with a goal based on your nervous system. Mm. And that was pretty eye-opening for me. Like to, I mean, obviously, like we need to cover our expenses and things like that. But it if you kind of have the idea that all like money, basically, if you can kind of just get on board with like the money's going to come, you don't have to make it all with this launch. That's right. I have now let the fuck go yeah. of like, remember last year, I was all obsessed with having a six figure launch mm-hmm. with a $2,000 offer yes. and the tailspin that I was in because of that. So now I literally have a goal up half mm-hmm. of that. And to do it like really chill, low key. But when I think if I had just had that thought, like in the beginning with my group programs, like why was I, the very first one I sold was pretty expensive. Like it was $1,200 for eight weeks. That was expensive for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it was like, learn to be an ad consultant. Right. So, you know, it was a really good exchange of value there. But I... Yeah, I, I did that with a Google Doc. Exactly. Google Doc sales Google page. Google Doc sales page. But I still remember like overthinking and and like I, I should have just been like, if I get four, I'll be great. Because 100%. what I was doing, I didn't have anything recorded. I did go to each... I'm pretty sure I sold it the same way. Like, you know, this is going to be a beta essentially. And although I know like I would never say that again. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is going to be a beta, but it was very like a lot of the things that are going to be created. The trainings are going to be based on your needs. Yeah. Seeing it as the long game. I don't know if you remember this, Claire, but it's actually perfectly relevant. When I launched Messy Middle for the first time, remember when I said it was, I just did it with previous clients and we got 11 people. I remember talking to you and, and I sold it for like, Oh gosh, I think it was like 1100. And you had said to me, you're leaving money on the table with this. And I really sat with that and actually decided I was on board with that. I was on board with leaving money on the table because I knew that I was building something for the future, right? That it wasn't just like the launch in a vacuum that I needed to kind of get my sea legs with it. So I think when you see your group as like, it's not just about the first run, it's about the next one and the one after that. That's where it starts to become... That's how you... like. You're on the path to having your sustainable sales system, which is what this whole thing is about. I don't think I thought about selling that way until this year. Yeah. My business is about to turn 10 and... Or well, like 10 as a full-time person. And literally knowing like, you know, I'm going to be going into a launch kind of a similar time as you and thinking... Yep, this is okay if it doesn't if it doesn't work. I could like my ego couldn't handle that. And by work, like, you know, this is okay if it brings in a third of what I'm right. thinking it will. You know, that's just 
it's just one launch in like a long, yes. a long, long, long history of launches. That's right. And that is, you know, that comes from a, a couple different places of like some privilege of like, hey, I've got the slush fund. So I'm okay if things don't, you know, if I don't have as much money coming in. But also, I think I've just finally gotten on board with like, mm-hmm. I'm Claire fucking Pelletro. I can make money. Yes. In different ways. Yes. If I need to. Well, that's why you and I've had a lot of conversations about this. I talked to my same day sales clients about this, which is that every business owner needs to know what their scrappy selling idea is, right? For me, I don't necessarily... Like slush fund aside, I know I could always go back to one-on-one. Like, and I could always go back to one-on-one, right? So everybody should know what that thing is for them. Hey, maybe it's like selling some crap around your house. Like money is money, right? But knowing where your income is going to come from, if like you want to make sure you're setting yourself up to not have so much riding on any one idea that it feels like it's going to be the end of the world if it doesn't work. So that's definitely agreed. You want, you want to stay out of that in order to create the best results in the long term. Steph, I know you have to go soon, but I want to ask you two things quickly. I'll ask the first is what makes somebody a great fit for the messy middle? Oh, great question. So what I think would make somebody a great fit for the messy middle is you identify with this feeling. You don't feel like a beginner in entrepreneurship, right? And I know we all like define that differently, but in your own mind, you don't see yourself as a beginner. And you've had some success. You're really proud of what you created, but you might use the words inconsistent, up and down, haphazard, all over the place, spaghetti throwing. Maybe all of that has been what it has taken to get you to where you are, right? And a lot of times people come in the messy middle and they might be cobbling together a income with like frankly, too many different offers, right? So if you're feeling like you want to clean things up, right? You want to... under A lot of times I'll talk to people and these are even high earners where I'll ask them, would you know how to go repeat your success right now? Do you know what your, what your repeatable sales process is? And they're like, no, I don't know what that is. And that's because they're unconscious competent, right? They've created the results without necessarily knowing how they did it, which makes it's very scary because you're like, I don't know if I can repeat it. So if you want to, if, if you identify with that and you want to learn a repeatable process that you can just rinse and repeat, you can know how to have a sold out group program, whether you already have one or you'd like to get my ideas on how what your group program could look like. We will help you learn how to sell it out anytime you want to do that so that you have that consistency, that reliability, and don't have to really be on that roller coaster that a lot of us have felt in entrepreneurship. So that's who it's for. Okay. There is a training coming up. Yes. We're going to link to that in the show notes. What's it called? It is called Superfan Group Programs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. That is free, correct? It is free. Yep. It's just okay. stephcrowder.com slash workshop. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Steph, for being here. I always love chatting with you about this business model and experiences in general. And so I hope our listeners have also enjoyed listening in a little bit on this conversation. Have an incredible workshop. I know it's going to be so good. Thank you so much for having me. It is always a good day when I get to stop by the Get Paid Podcast. Hey, I wanted to thank you real quick for tuning into the show and listening all the way to the end. 
If you need them, we got all the links in this episode's show notes, which you can find over at clairepels.com slash podcast. If you really enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to subscribe to the show and get new episodes downloaded as soon as they come out. If you're an Apple fangirl like me, I'd really appreciate it if you open up the podcast app on your phone. In fact, you're probably listening from the podcast app and just leave a super quick rating or review. Your reviews tell iTunes, yes, this is a good podcast. Share it with others. It's worthwhile. And that can help me and my guests reach even more ears. So that's it for today. I'll be back soon with a brand new episode. But until then, it's time to get back to work and get ourselves paid.